There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning back into the podcast again today. It's a pleasure for me. Uh, I rejoice greatly that I'm able to record the podcast. My voice has uh, been greatly afflicted these last several weeks to the point that I'm unable to sing, unable to really uh, preach on the podcast. The Lord's given me strength to preach in church. As a matter of fact, the Lord gave us strength yesterday to exhort just a little bit in the house of God, and then gave us strength on Sunday to preach the Word of God. And what a blessing it was to be able to preach Sunday morning in the Sunday school hour at the home church, to be able to preach on Sunday night. There at the home church, we closed out the meeting in Blaine last night. Uh, Lord willing, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, which as you listen to this, you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, Lord willing, or later, I'll be preaching again in Blaine and uh, see what the Lord is going to do. And We've seen great and mighty things uh, just beyond our understanding and all that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What a blessing it's been to be in the house of God. God said visitors from all over into the meeting, and uh, we had friends and neighbors and family and folks we didn't know, uh, folks that others had invited, some just showed up to the revival, saw the signs and came, and uh, what a blessing it was to be in the house of God. And We've seen great and mighty things from God in the Manasseh Community Baptist Church, and I want to just exhort on those things a little bit. Now, you've heard the testimonies the last couple of days. I've not just tried to fill dead spots, but I physically was unable to preach on the podcast I tried a couple times, got six or seven minutes in, and my voice just, uh, my voice had been so damaged that my throat would swell up, and I was unable to speak for about an hour. And so, it's just the grace of God. I was able to re- uh, preach in the house of God, but Friday night, I didn't do any preaching. Uh, Sunday morning, I did not do any preaching in the worship service. The Lord just seemed to, to move in, and there was exhortation and testimonies of the saints of God. Sunday morning, Pastor Black exhorted greatly, exhorted amongst the congregation. But we also had people, each of those two services that stood and testified to finding saving grace in the person of Jesus Christ. And what a joy that is. And one of the people gave testimony on Sunday, and she talked about listening to the podcast and listening not only to the preaching on the podcast, and listening to the testimonies on the podcast. And I do believe the Lord has afflicted my voice. If it had not afflicted my voice, I would have been doing the preaching on the podcast. But instead, we heard so many testimonies. And I want to thank those that gave their testimonies for Kyle and Timothy and for Chelsea, for Sam, for Peter, for Stephen, Ronnie, Brother Dale, Sister Amy, different ones over the years here that have given their uh, their testimonies on this podcast. What a blessing it is to hear what God has done. And uh, two different people came to us at one point in time in this last week, said they listened to the podcast, listened to the testimonies, and two of them said that God opened their eyes through the podcast. One was the preaching of the Psalms. They saw Jesus Christ, and God magnified Jesus Christ to them in their heart. The second person said they were greatly touched by the testimonies, and they realized they didn't have what those people have. 
And they do not have that great salvation, which is the person of Jesus Christ. And how we rejoice in that, how we praise God for that. And so we went over 10,000 downloads. I don't know how many listens that is. They don't actively track those that log in direct and listen to websites. But those have actually downloaded it through Apple and Spotify, different things like that, Google Podcast. So we had over 10,000 downloads and how we rejoice in that. Uh, Stephen Askless' testimony had over 120 downloads itself, and I know there are many, many people that listen that did not download. They listened directly to the website, and so we rejoice in that. We rejoice in each of you that listen. We rejoice that we have the ability to put out this podcast and how God has used it, and we're going to pray that God continues to use this podcast. Lord willing, tomorrow and uh, Friday, I'm going to be dealing with Psalm 109, and that's going to be something a little bit different. And uh, those of you that tune in and listen, that might be a little bit of a shock to you to hear some things in Psalm 109. And so you just pray that God will use that. God will open our eyes to some things, reveal Jesus Christ to us in the end of that psalm as we look at that man of sin. The Lord worked in blame. The Lord moved across the face of the waters. And uh, certainly we saw lives change. We saw lives transformed. There's still those in the throes of conviction, still those last night even, that were still under the heaviness of the load of conviction, the guilt of sin, and uh, some have not found relief, but they're searching for that relief. They're seeking the great God of heaven. One of the great misunderstandings we have today in religion, this easy prayerism, you just repeat this prayer and God is obligated to save you. God is obligated at your demand that he come down and meet with you. Uh, Literally, we go against Romans chapter 10. We ascend into heaven and bring God down. But yet, uh, God is not obligated to save any sinner without repentance. If that sinner is repentant, then God is obligated to save him. And we know that according to the scriptures. Uh, but just because of your asking does not mean God's obligated to save you. How many drunkards have laid in their stupor, their foolishness, and they've laid there and asked God to save them. Yet God's not obligated to save them. It's no different than an unrepentant sinner at the altar in a church or an unrepentant sinner standing on a porch, bowing his head before two soul winners. If he has not come to a place of repentance, God's not obligated to do that work. Yet we're told that's God. We're told this is a guarantee. We're told this is your ticket out of, out of hell. This is your ticket to heaven. Just do these things. And then they say something like this. I heard a man on the radio today. He said, and remember, it's not the prayer that saves you. Well, why in the world did he give him the prayer then? If the prayer doesn't save you, why are you getting them to repeat the prayer? How foolish is that? How It's just the mechanics. It's going through the motions is what that is. God works a miracle in the hearts and lives of men. It's called the new birth. And the new birth is given to a whosoever will that comes to him. It's whosoever will that comes, whosoever will that repents. It's whosoever will. What does that mean? It's their will. When their will is broken, it's God's will to save sinners. Many times people lay, try to label you a Calvinist because you preach against the easy prayerism of today. And I'm not a Calvinist. I don't, I'm not a one-point Calvinist. I'm not even a half-point Calvinist. I believe in the free will of man, though. And I believe that man has a choice. He may come or he may not come. I believe repentance is a choice. You may repent. You may not repent. And so you hear testimonies today of people that lived in doubt and lived in without assurance. And they lived without faith. And most of them made professions. Most of them repeated the prayer. Most of them said the words they were told to say, yet without faith. And then that rattles people. They listen to that and they say, well, I don't have what they have. I don't have the joy that they have. I don't have the peace that they have. Could it be it's because we prayed without faith? Could it be that we prayed and, and demanded God save us without coming to repentance? Now we realize, according to the scriptures, that God does demand repentance. And I'm not dispensational enough to explain away the repentance that God requires of man. 
how God requires all men everywhere to repent. That's the doctrine of God. And God has always demanded repentance. What does that change? It means your thinking changes. Your thinking changes about God. You're standing with God about your sinful condition. And you're no longer on your path and no longer on your way. And you come to repentance. And guess what? You'll begin to praise the Lord. You'll realize the marvelous work that God has done. In Psalm 108, it's a song or Psalm of David. He said, oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praises even with my glory. Awake, psaltery, and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great above the heavens, thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. In verse 6 through 13, he reiterates what we've talked about in Psalm 60. The beloved of God, that is Israel. The beloved today is the church. God has made manifest the mystery concerning the church that the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known, the manifold wisdom of God. And where does God do that? He does that through the church. That's the beloved of Christ. And those of us who are saved by the grace of God and seated in the house of God, it's because that body, that assembly, that coming together is beloved of Christ. It's why God uh, chose to meet with us this week. It's why God so, chose to show us favor this week in the house of God. And I realize most people, when they leave revival meetings, they say, oh, it was as good. Oh, it was so rich. It was way better than last year. It was so much. You know, this week, people are saying things like this. I've never seen anything like it. I've never been in a service like that. And that's not to boast. It's not in Tim McVeigh. It's not in the preacher. It's that God chose to reveal himself through the word of God, this King James Bible, and God made manifest the things that he wanted to do in the service. He brought many under condemnation. Somebody had given them assurance. Somebody told them they're okay. Many said they've lived in perpetual doubt. One person came to me, said they were lost without Christ. I asked them, I said, how long have you known? And they said, at least four years. And one person even said this, since my last profession, they've known for years, they've never had assurance, they've never had faith. But what happens is you go to most churches and the pastor's up there telling you, you're okay. The devil's trying to make you doubt. Oh, you'll be fine in this. But without repentance, how are they fine? Without repentance, it's God trying to convict them. They get into the ministry of the Holy Ghost. They get into the ministry of the power of God, and the doubts come, and no assurance is there, and the only assurance they have is a prayer they pray. It's not the assurance that God gives through the peace of God, the joy of God. One of the young men testified this week there in the house of God, and he said, it's the peace that passeth all understanding. And he said, if you understand it, it's not God's peace. And he said, but if the peace of passes with all understanding is the peace that God gives. So if you can explain peace, it's not God's peace. But if you can't explain it because you don't understand it, that's God's peace. How you have peace with God through the blood of his cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and God has chosen fit to give that peace. And he gives it to every sinner that comes to him and believes on his name. And that's one of the things that the focus of the meeting, I guess, a lot of that was simply, do we believe? And at one point, there are many testimonies given of finding saving faith, those that have come to Christ, some this year, some we've heard here on the podcast, uh, some we recorded last week in the services for you to listen to. But it's coming to Jesus Christ. Miss Chelsea gave her a testimony the last couple of days, and she testified 
of having that profession testified of going through the motions, her parents going through the motions, and and yet living a life without hope, a life without Christ, but the entrance of thy word giveth light. And they came to the house of God, and the light of the glorious gospel shone in their hearts and revealed Jesus Christ, revealed their lost condition, revealed their sinful condition. And they began to seek after God. They didn't stop till they found him. Didn't stop till they found relief in Jesus Christ. Didn't stop till they found that hope that's in Jesus Christ. The assurance of faith, the work of righteousness shall be peace. Isaiah 32 and 17. The effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. And so when he said, I will praise thee, O Lord, in verse 3, among the people, I will sing praises unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. Dear friend of mine down in North Carolina, and dear friend of mine said for many years, he said, mercy is, is getting less for your iniquities than what you deserve. And we all deserve to be in hell. Our iniquities have turned us from God. Our iniquities have driven us from God. Our iniquities have separated us from God. And we deserve to be in hell. But God, through his mercy, didn't exact that judgment upon us. Instead, he exacted it upon his son, Jesus Christ. And he laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he bore that iniquity of the cross and died for that iniquity, shed his blood for that iniquity that you and I don't have to bear that iniquity. That's the mercy of God. And then that God would pay us a visitation, that God would stop by and visit with his people, that God's presence would fill the house of God and the praise of the saints would be offered up in testimonies and exhortations and in song and in rejoicing. That praise would fill the house of God and sinners would see that praise and wonder and marvel at the goodness of God. People say, how do you know that God is present? Well, it's holy. There's holiness, there's a fear, there's a trembling, there's a hush. And as far as we went this week with God in the house of God, I'm not boasting. Dear Lord, I know I'm not boasting. The Lord knows I'm not boasting. We're just so thankful for what God has done. We're so grateful for what God has done. We're so thankful that God manifest himself to a little country church in the middle of nowhere. But it pleased the Lord to meet with us. And we just rejoice in that. He's not obligated to ever do it again. He's not obligated to ever stop by and visit us. But we're so thankful that he paid us a visitation this week. And Really, from Friday through Monday night, God just continually poured out his mercy, and that truth reached under the clouds, and it's, that truth extended the clouds. Folks saw Jesus Christ high and lifted up, and Jesus Christ himself made an appearance in the word of God and revealed himself to men. There's a lady in our church that stood and testified Sunday morning of uh, Friday afternoon, listening to testimonies, listening to the people speak of Jesus Christ. She realized her great need, and she said all of a sudden the lights came on in her heart, and she realized she had saving faith. God had saved her. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be. She wasn't in church. She wasn't under the preaching. She had been in church all week. She had been under the preaching all week, but that's the mercy of God because of that truth that reaches under the clouds. And because God's truth reacheth under the clouds, God made manifest his mercy in her life. And can I say, if God can do it for her, God can do it for you. And if you're out there searching, out there longing, out there seeking God, God can reveal himself through the word of God. And please God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And God will do that for you. But you've got to be under the preaching. 
You got to be in the house of God. You need to be under the presence of God, not in dead formality, not in limited religion, not in legalistic documentations, but no, in the reality of the presence of the holiness of God. We worship him in spirit and in truth. And God, through that King James Bible, can reveal himself to man that they'll come to repentance. And we're just rejoicing in that. We're praising God in that. Pray for us tonight, Wednesday night. It'll be the 9th of November. Would you pray that God would meet with that little church again, that God would move upon folks that are seeking, that God would move upon those that are looking for him and longing for him. Great conviction's been upon the congregation. There's those under the weight of sin. And somebody says something foolish like this. Well, why don't they just get saved? Well, what they really mean is why don't they just repeat a prayer? Why don't they demand that God do something because they do something? How foolish that is. I'll tell you why folks don't get saved, because they haven't come to the end of themselves. They haven't come to repentance. They don't believe God. And when they get to the place, they come into themselves and they repent, they'll believe God. They'll have no trouble believing the word of God. Why? The faith of Jesus Christ enters in, and by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto all good works. I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The faith of Jesus Christ, saving faith, grace that saves Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless his holy name. Pray for us. Pray for my voice. Pray that tomorrow on the podcast, I'll be able to record again. I'd like to record Psalm 109, but it's in the Lord's time. The Lord has something else for us. Maybe some more testimonies. If God's blessed you with a testimony, why don't you record it? Send it to us. Be glad to help you out. May the Lord help you. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.